The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. WWE Network goes to Peacock. NXT UK asks, please, can I have some Satamura? And who will have have to point to a sign for eight weeks like a geek as we preview the Royal Rumble? This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins, joined as always by Chris Novembrino and, of course, Bobo the Wonder Monkey on the board. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing great. I was uh, just taking a look at some of our fatty Bobatty returns on GameStop and other assorted stocks. Bobo <laughs> is good when it comes to doing these stocks. Uh, they say stocks are so easy a monkey could do it. Bobo proved that this week. Bobo, Bobo did put, it. Bobo put in his notice. That's how he Bobo's is. going he's going to Hartford University. He's going to be a smart monkey. I uh, I'm a little saddened today. Some news coming across the wire. Toys R Us shuttering their last two locations. And that feels like a part of my childhood die. Uh, I, I remember you, you took it pretty rough when Blockbuster uh, shut down that one last <laughs> location in Alaska. I, I couldn't I couldn't reach you for a come week. Come on, man. No, I liked Blockbuster. But Toys R Us, man, as a kid, like when I was a kid, and it was about 25 minutes away from where I lived. And in that shopping center was, I believe, let's see, Hampton, Virginia. Toys R Us, the TJ Maxx, which I didn't want to ever go into, and they put the Chuck E. Cheese next door to that, the only Chuck E. Cheese in the area, and then for a while you had Poe Folks in there too, which is fantastic. But when I was younger, because I am slightly older than you, Chris, uh, the great joy of going into the Toys R Us and the wall of Atari 2600 and later 5200 video games and the paper tickets, and the paper tickets were strewn all over the floor because someone would want a video game. Bob, Bob, can I have this? No, you need to put that. So you drop it on the floor so it looked like the New York Stock Exchange on Saturday sometimes due to all the children and the parents, you know, ripping off tickets because you had to take the ticket to the window to pick up the security uh, area to pick up the video game after purchasing it. But oh, what a great marketing offense. strategy that is, though. You, you get the paper ticket in the kids' hands, and, and now they're just, it's like a virus. Now they're just infected with the Jones for the video game. I got to yeah. have it. Yeah, and, and it was just it was awesome. You'd always look at, there'd always be that one game that you, know, you had to buy like six controllers for just to play the game, and it was like, 
at the time, a hundred bucks, which is like a million bucks to a six-year-old. And I, I also, uh, when I finally started making a little bit more money uh, at working in legal administration, I'd take part of my Christmas bonus every year. I'd buy, you know, 500 to $1,000 worth of toys at Toys R Us here in Burbank, and I'd give it to this Santa organization for people. But just, and going into Toys R Us at Christmas, you know, you, you think, I mean, they're, they're, they're the days you can go in there and just go, gosh, I miss being a kid at Christmas. But there are also the days where you just see the worst of it with crying children and you see parents, okay, you take him to this side of the store and I'm going to get this up so he doesn't notice and stuff like that. You get the both the good and the bad, and I, I just, I don't know. I never imagined a world without Toys R Us. It's so weird. So where do kids go? Well, obviously you don't go anywhere these days to look Amazon. at toys. Amazon. Yeah, I, I guess you just go online and shop for them, but there is really something about seeing the entirety of the Star Wars action figure yes! collection there. Yes, or, the or judging figure. and hating on the quality of the store by being like, wow, this store doesn't even carry Boba Fett. Uh or whatever. You know, you have the oh, oh they don't even have the Millennium Falcon. Like you know, the, the other KB toys has uh has Slave One. You can actually see it there. Uh that th- this store doesn't. I wish I could get all the way up to the top of that Star Wars display and see what figures are in the back there, because maybe, yeah. maybe the boss I'm looking for is in that one. The, yeah, the, yeah, you think that there's like a secret cache of the really good ones, and there might have well been. For there all probably were. That's where all the employees were. I had the ones that they wanted. You know it's true. I do regret, like, I have a fair amount of of Boba Fett stuff. I re- regret not having Bosque stuff. I might need to start. Now you might have started me down something, but I feel oh, like no. the Bosque market. <laughs> no. Okay. So here's the thing with like the Boba Fett. I-, I collected all this stuff before Mandalorian. So like my all the value of my collection has gone up like a stupid amount to the point where it's almost not fun to wear the shoes anymore. Uh, Cause like the shoes I have are too expensive now. Um, They weren't that expensive when I bought them. Uh, But yeah, uh, Bosque. I could collect that stuff. <laughs> I was always looking for like the boss market is not gonna. Yeah, Deng- Dengar, Dengar, really Dengar. No, who's the other guy? The guy looked like a spider. Um, because I, I mean, had I like, like I, you know, like, I like IG88. Yeah, I'm, I'm an IG88 like guy. Yeah, yeah, but but no, I, I some boss stuff would be really cool. I I, I like all the. Uh, oh like no, not a spider. He looked like kind of like a fly head. I, I can't remember his name. Dengar. Dengar looked like the guy who just got triaged for. Yeah. But he, he had like a tree falling on his head and he had to go to the yeah, yeah he, he, he looks like he's in like <laughs> medical wraps yeah yeah, yeah. The, he, they're like no he's a really great bounty hunter I'm like he looks like he just got out of the hospital for like he just, the fourth he looks time like he's the los- he looks like he's the losing bounty hunter that's what yeah. he looks like oh we gotta talk wrestling damn uh <laughs> so WWE Network is no more the NBC Streaming service Peacock Network, uh, folding them in for five years, $200 million a year. Vince McMahon failing upwards as usual. This is why uh, the two people who joined the SPAC, uh, Garios, or uh, I can't, Michelle, I'll say Ramos and Garios, but I can't remember their names right now, and I should have them written down because I was going to talk about this. I am convinced that the two people who quit WWE, whose the network was their baby, I'm convinced that the spec that they 
formed was to buy the WWE Network. That's that's the weird thing. Because I think they thought this was a big moneymaker for them. And they're wrong because Vince gave up on this dumb thing. Yeah, he, he stopped. Yeah, no, I, I was involved, uh, not directly inside of the company, but externally in a direct way, um, in the launching of this network. And I... I can recall when the network just kind of it went from being the hot new thing that they were going to try to advance out and that they were bringing in new products and they were cleaning out stuff and they were always getting new things and, and new archival stuff needed to be wow. captioned in a timely manner. Um, and then we have arrived. I remember having to do the stampede thing a couple. Remember when they brought in the stampede wrestling stuff? Oh, yeah, for the few moments that uh, yeah. Bret Hart and they were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, George Berrios mm-hmm. and Michelle Wilson. Those were the names I was trying to think of at the top of my head. I apologize. So, uh, I, I remember I remember all of this. Uh, and I just I remember the mood very vividly coming from the organization for a couple of years. Um, but really, in particular, in that first year, they really thought they were on to something. And I think a lot of us thought they were kind of sort of on to something as well with some reservations about what was happening to pay-per-view revenue and that perhaps they had been abandoning the pay-per-view element of this a little too soon Uh, to keep it simple. uh, They lost a ton of pay-per-view revenue up front and it took them a long time to recoup it. And they were always kind of fuzzy about what the network subscriptions were to WWE network. And they offered a lot of free subscriptions along the way here. Uh, And, but Towards the end of this, it really just became a vehicle for them to do these quote-unquote network events. Everything else on the network has really felt like watch it if you want to viewing. There's nothing on the network that you can't live without. Uh, They never started writing the main roster product in a way where you absolutely had to have the network. I mean, I guess you do for the the pay-per-views, but... The exception of that, you know, all, all the others, you know, occasionally be like, hey, this is a good talking smack episode or, you know, they've got a new 24 style documentary thing. Uh, I forget what they call theirs. But, you know, none of that stuff's essential Chronicle viewing. or the Chronicle. Day of and all those other things. Yeah. And you remember when for a while, like talking smack was a hot thing that you wanted to yes. track out and seek out on the network. Uh, th- there was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on the network that was it was not must see, but it was like. You'd go on the Reddit boards, and the Reddit boards would be buzzing about what was going on on Talking Smack on the network. So you wanted to make sure you had the network fired up on your computer so you could switch over to that after Raw. Sometimes that'd be better than Raw. Well, NXT was the hot... I mean, from that first episode, it was like, oh, man, this is fresh. It feels like a good wrestling show. You know, this was, you know, the start of the rise of the horsewomen at that time when Charlotte had first come in, and... You know, you had Sami Zayn, and yeah, uh, this is Brandon Thurston's porn type stuff. He's making the rounds right now, so please listen to WrestleNomics on the Voices of Wrestling Network. He will break this down into the finest details and deconstruct it uh, if if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, I was shocked by Nick Khan's kind of spin on this, because here, here's here's what's going to be the deal. If you're going to, if you're, if you're, uh, you're basically going to have your membership converted, but Peacock already is free in terms of the ad tier for certain cable customers. And then for ads, it's $4.99. And then for no ads, it's 9 dollars 
for things. Uh, it, it's very interesting because the streaming wars are so fragmented at this point that I don't think anybody really wants to join any service because it's all about watching reruns of like one sitcom on stuff. Yeah, like, no, like that- they've really screwed themselves in this sense. It's now more expensive to have these streaming services than it was back in the day to have cable. Uh, and, and there was a sweet spot about 10 years ago where you could like transition over to Netflix and maybe yes. have one other thing. And it was like 20 bucks a month. And like you went from having a cable bill that was like 50 to 70 bucks a month to having 20 bucks a month of viewable television and stuff. Um, now, in my opinion, Netflix is kind of a hard service to navigate through. It's not that there's nothing good on it, but there is a lot of, I, I would call it filler product put on to Netflix and there's no easy way to kind of shuck out the filler product. Um, and similarly with like Amazon, the Disney network. Yeah. There's a couple of good things on each one of these things and that's it. Uh, I, you know, I tried to do the CBS network cause I wanted to watch uh, star Trek Picard. That was great. And then when I got done with star Trek Picard, I was like, well, I did pay $10 for this month. What else is on here? Jeff, I couldn't find a single thing. So I just went did you to watch cancel the good it. wife. I did, I did not, sir. Okay, sir, I did not. You Just seem like dare. a good wife kind of guy, Chris Novembrito. You know what I'm on right now is I'm on I'm on uh, the hundred, uh, but that's a different topic okay. for a different. No, time. I, know, I know what that. I know I, I'm aware of that show, bad. even though it's not I don't, bad. Uh, like science fiction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, NBC pays one billion dollars to get about one point one million viewers coming to their network and hoping they stick around. They've also Interestingly enough, uh, NBC Sports, the uh, tier that they or the channel that they wanted to compete with ESPN in many ways is shuttering by the end of the year. So really what they're doing is going the opposite way. They're taking off channels and trying to bring people into their streaming service in hopes that they will find other things to keep them motivated to stay. The the money quote for me, though, And also, uh, just before I go into that, remember that NBC, and this is their entire family of networks as well, that they're trying to drive in there. So they're also using like USA Network to drive viewers into Peacock and whatnot. But here, here's here's the money quote for me from Nick Khan, who is, I, I want him to make my deals because he's obviously got a silver tongue in some ways. But he goes, the challenge was growing it from where we are, Nick Khan, president of World Wrestling Entertainment Inc., said in an interview, it's tough to get people who aren't fans to sample a product when you have to subscribe to see it. Chris, how many hours of WWE programming are on cable in a given week? I, I, this is... It. It's uh, my my eyes are like dazzled from this argument <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes, I, the reason why WrestleMania wasn't growing it, viewers it, is it, you know if people only just people can't could find, see wrestling. <laughs> people can't find the WWE anywhere on Monday or Wednesday or Friday or specials on the Fox. On Hawkins, Sundays. they would love this stuff. If only they could see it somewhere. It's just so hidden, Chris. It's it's like playing hide and seek. Where aware, Chris, could I ever watch World Wrestling Entertainment? If only there was a channel that had it on 
since 1993. The same channel. The same channel. With the exception of the short sojourn over to the Nashville network. Yes. But (laughs) I just went, the balls on this man to say that people can't find World Wrestling Entertainment. That's why they're not sampling it. And now on Peacock, it will be far more accessible. I... I, if I ever am able to negotiate a contract from which I will be bought out, Nick Khan is my man. Boy, uh, that that's just it's one heck of an argument. Like, I, and I think the trick with these sorts of things is you gotta start from the complete opposite premise, like like what we just discussed there. No one can see wrestling; it's a hard thing to find. No one knows where to find it anymore. <laughs> oh. Uh, Miko Satamara, official for NXT UK. Oh, the joy in Jeff's heart because the video montage on what a NXT great UK video this montage. Week, yes, from her time in the May Young Classic. She's going to be set up for Kaylee Ray. I am here for that. She is going to be training the women in NXT UK. I want her to make Zaya Brookside a killer. I want to send. Aaliyah over there to become a killer. I want to send Jesse Camilla over there to do something <laughs> with her. After I kind of like Jesse Camilla. Yeah, yeah, no. I I, I, I I like her, but she just, there's no gimmick for her that works. She's kind of gawky. I like her. Let's teach her how to kill people. Let's 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 Zia Lee her ass over. I, you know, my thought on Jesse is they need to stop having her play small characters. She's big, like like you got to find a way to make a big baby face. But she's like she's she's tall. Yeah, uh, she she yeah. Oh, she yes, she she's a ex college volleyball player. She is. Tall. Yeah, yeah, she is tall. I would agree, but yes, I am I'm quite happy about this. I know Sasha Banks and Bailey desperately desperately want matches with Mako Satamura. I would not be shocked if there's a little bit of a program eventually where she comes over and visits, or maybe they visit NXT UK. Please, this makes, this makes, please send them over to NXT UK because like NXT UK is a pretty darn good WWE product for a one hour wrestling show. Like the announced team is good. Most of the in-ring work is good. Vince does not have his fingerprints all over the writing of this show. And I would love to see Sasha and Bailey get to go over to NXT UK, not be hyper-burdened with, uh, you know, the challenges of trying to get wrestling visible on television from week to week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's a little little too much NXT high school slash office politics aspect to NXT UK because like angles are made by people walking down the hall and running into other wrestlers. Cause it's like everybody lives on campus and only sees each other that I'd like to get rid of that. But other than that, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, no, I mean, but like, that's the thing is you have to go pretty far down in terms of quibbles to really go like, what, what is this brand kind of what's its biggest shortcoming? It's the backstage universe is weird. Speaking of not being able to find any kind of wrestling programming on your television. <laughs> they have and the, the challenges uh, of visibility. The superstar spectacular to celebrate the christening of NXT India was on the WWE Network this week. A completely missable but not 
offensive show, in my opinion. Uh, you know, mixing superstars from actual main roster with some of the Indian talent that they have. You know, they they went they went out of their way to do a lot of personality profiles. You know, that, that the things that WWE does well before they lose complete interest after two weeks, they did here. They made they made their talent look great. They made the baby faces look like baby faces. They had veterans like Aunt Pam and Natty and Charlotte and Drew McIntyre. And, you know, they bring out <laughs> Jinder Mahal to be the big bad guy in the whole promotion, along with the Bollywood boys to take bumps for people. You know, it was fine. It's just, I, I don't know. This is going to sound very jingoistic, and I don't mean it to at all. I don't know that you necessarily grow uh, a territory in a country in this in the global economy by just having people root for the home team, you know? Yeah, right. I, I think that it's got to be more sophisticated than just, this guy loves his country. Uh, you know, like over in NXT UK, just slapping a Union Jack on Tyler Bates' tights and hoping that that's going to be enough. Uh, I, so I know I'm with you. I, I think, think there's one. I think you can do that like with like your big baby face. Yes, I think that's okay. I just it, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, you can watch all these people you don't know, or you can watch Drew McIntyre and Finn Balor, the people you watch on your television every yeah, day. Yeah, no, I, th- these people in India just have to be big characters, and I, I think you know with a show like this. It really does need to be written for an Indian audience. I think that will be the real challenge here is, is this show still being written subconsciously, uh, essentially for an American audience, because all the writers don't really know how to write good angles for the audience that they are writing for. Uh, That will, you know, dictate success or failure. I, you know, I also worry about Jinder Mahal is Jinder Mahal. Like he's not that good. Yeah, he he can't really. He's carry jacked. He, he he. I don't. I haven't seen him these days. Like I full disclosure, I didn't watch this uh, India show. But like he was when he came back. Sure, but that's all he was. Well, they tried to make him a baby face last time. They tried to make him the face of this brand last time. If you recall, when they were doing the uh, Asian tour, he was he was the big hero. Oh yeah, that's right. Rejected him when he was the champion. And I'm just, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing sometimes with their, their thought process. Uh, finally for just, you know, the light, lighthearted news, I would guess. I don't know how to to transition. Undertaker on Joe Rogan's podcast. Be remiss if we did not talk about that. I believe this happened late last week and I just missed it, uh, for the news part, but there's a quote here. When asked if he keeps up with the product, he says, I try. It's tough for me right now. The product has changed so much, and it's kind of off. I'll probably piss a lot of people off, but they need to hear it. It is what it is. To the young guys who think he's a bitter old guy, I'm not bitter. I did my time. I walked away when I wanted to walk away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty and not enough substance, I think, right now. Now, that in and of itself is a fine quote. The problem was the stuff preceding it where he's talking about, well, we used to, back in my day, have to carry guns and knives, and now these, and then we drink all night at the bar, and these guys just want to go back to the room and play video games. If that first quote was the only takeaway from this show, I would say, hell yes. 
because I agree. It's a little soft. I want a little more hate in my wrestling. I want a little more violence in my wrestling. That's a personal preference to me. But there's a cause and effect relationship here that I think is utterly flawed. And I think what annoys me about Undertaker here is that he's putting it at the door of the boys um, and, and specifically at the door of the boys for not wanting to go out and get trashed after doing Monday Night Raw. When the real problem here is he's right, it's locker room culture, but it's the owner of the locker room. And the culture around this product that has made it lose fire. Kevin Dunn is a big person. And there's no way to read the Taker quotes or hear the Taker quotes and arrive at the he's indicting Kevin Dunn here. Everything in Taker's tone is it's it's the wrestler's fault. It's acting. <laughs> it's acting. And I know the Undertaker comes from that time period where you lived your gimmick. But <laughs> if you want the product to have an edge, let the product have an edge. It doesn't mean the people doing the product have to have the edge off screen. All you got to do is kind of protect the magic factory that is show business and just be a, have a product with more of an edge. You don't- yeah, off screen edge doesn't necessarily result in on screen edge. As I've gotten older, I have respected the hell more out of employees who just go, I'm here to do my job, and then I'm going home to my family. As opposed to, oh, oh, won't you, uh, don't you want to hang out with your coworkers after work? Don't you, don't you want to, <laughs> don't you want to stay a little later because the company appreciates you so much? No. No. Yeah. yeah have, have, have I, I standoffishness to go, hey. I have a life. I'm just doing my eight hours here and getting paroled for the day. Thank I you. hate when they say we're a family here. Like that's no, nails and a chop. I'm like, I'm like, I have a family. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you my you guys give me the check. Me. Yeah. My family loves me and won't get rid of me. If there's a downturn in, in corporate America leading to our firm, not having more business and you thinking that the accounting department is overhead. <laughs> There's no accounting department in my family other than my mom and my dad. Thank you. Please. <laughs> We're not a family. We're not a team. It doesn't ha- matter how much godly gook you say about uh oh, we don't we, we don't call our employees employees. We call them cast members or team members yeah team members yeah team members yeah yeah there's no no i'm here to i'm an employee i'm here to do my job let me do my job and shut up that's that's, (laughs) i hate all this all this man we need to mind screw these dummies otherwise otherwise they think they're employees no it's great the the new one since we're on this topic this is what emojis on Slack are turning into it. So it's a way of like mind washing you in a different way. Everyone responds in emojis and stuff on the work Slack. And you feel like you have to respond back in the emojis too. And then you go, what is happening to me with these emojis? Go on. (laughs) Give me an example. Do you, do you like send your cats emojis? I don't send, no, all I send is the green <laughs> check, but I, I definitely have worked with people now in a number of different organizations. Are you big on the 100s? 
Are you no, but I, 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 I've got the diamonds. The, the people send me the crowns. Diamond, send, oh, oh, diamond hands. Don't give up your stocks. No, no, no diamond hands. Never, no, diamond hands forever, baby. Never let, never sell AMC. <laughs> never sell <laughs> to to the to the grave. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I actually, rocket ship as well. I've definitely seen that a lot on uh, on Slack. Poop like, emojis. Not, are you big on the poop? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. The but thinking, I, the thinking guy. Is that no, I, I hate that the think thinking guy. I look at thinking guy. I think thinking guy has a fart that he doesn't want to let out. <laughs> He's it holding is, it, it. Is Bob. <laughs> he just yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I look. I want toughness in wrestling. I want rivalries. I want it to be treated seriously. But oh, yeah, I that's right, Undertaker. To... No, he's wrong. He's just wrong. Yeah, I don't need to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear stories of when. You know, I don't need Ole Anderson and Harley Race at a bar at 3 a.m. knifing some hillbillies and an, also in like an where Alabama. was all this tough guy ethos stuff when he was working one match a year and he was showing up and he was looking road tired and dead during these matches <laughs> uh, one match a year bro i like i get it we, we we explained it away but being like well you know mark's had hip surgery he is getting a little bit old okay then don't wrestle um but if you're gonna come in and do one day of work and bring home probably how much is he getting paid for that one appearance a year, Jeff? What do you oh, think? Oh, I'm he was sure getting? a couple million. Yeah, one night, two million dollars, one million dollars, whatever it is. Uh, he does one day of work, and he was coming in giving okay performances, but he didn't look his absolute best. And there were times where, like, he was showing up with a grandpa gut uh, for two million. So spare me. Look, I li- I, I like Mark. Callaway a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I just I you gotta walk your just... walk, bro. I, like I hate this, you know. Oh, I, I I could do it so much differently, dude. I just saw you the last decade not do it that way. He's coming into the PC to train the younger generation. All right, gather around. Let me tell you about the wonders of black tar heroin. Everybody on the road. Guys, want to learn about wrestlers' court? <laughs> Yeah, that, well, that's actually closer because I don't think the Undertaker's probably done black tar heroin, nor would I ever accuse him of such a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> level four, all the tra- you know, Sabatellian company, learning about wrestlers' court final. <laughs> who's gonna be the judge in the bailiff this week, and who's buying the beer to buy them off? As we discussed last week, when you're a litigant in wrestler's court, there are a few things you have to be aware of. Next week. Oh, God. Next week, getting on Vince's good side. Uh, Wednesday Night Wars, AEW 734,000 viewers, NXT 720,000 viewers. Numbers may be off due to... Well, they may be off due to streaming issues with AEW, so... Take that with a grain of salt. I, I heard something about like one of the satellite services or something or other, but like, yeah. I, I mean, it's not good. Uh, the hope would be after the wonderful and touching and excellent Mr. Brody Lee tribute show that got pretty good ratings that you'd be able to build momentum on that and draw and or sustain viewership. And 
Uh, granted, it has been a heck of a few weeks here and a long month, shall we say. But uh, for the numbers to to feel really unaffected by that four weeks out uh, is not a good sign. Not for AEW. This is not necessarily entirely an indictment on AEW, but it is for the state of wrestling. And we got to get people need to just be able to find it, Jeff. If only there was a way for people to view wrestling. <laughs> Oh, this running joke is going to kill me eventually, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, start with the very good. I'm going to get AEW out of the way real quick. That Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy match. Inject that directly into my NWA Mid-Atlantic loving veins over here. That was so Southern. It should have gravy on it and it should be deep fried is what that thing was. That was Arn or Tully. Versus Sam Houston circa 1986, trying to make the kid look like a star, and I loved every minute of it, Chris. Yeah, I loved, I, I loved I, Tully and Dash being handcuffed to 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 Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, thank you. I almost said the dinosaur. You know, I loved the powder afterwards, the cutting of the mask in such an insulting way. The match itself was stomp, kick, stomp, kick. Give that to me, baby. No, I I love this match. This is this is a really really fun match. I I I, I thought it was a hoot. Um, that, that, I don't have I don't have anything else to add on onto it. You, you basically nailed it for me. Yeah, like look, Luchasaurus is kind of a you either love that gimmick or it does nothing for you. And I think I have I I kind of liked it when I saw him on Lucha Underground, but I think I've moved to the point where I don't I'm not anti it, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Uh, but I like cutting off the horns. Handcuffing him and cutting off the horns, to your point, very Southern wrestling. All into the it. The visuals all match of Dash and Tully handcuffed to this giant mask. He got wearing... over his strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was both ridiculous and got him over, which is amazing. Dash every time standing up, come on, and getting pulled back every time. Tully coming off the ropes for a spike. Kyle Driver, oh, uh, I oh. love I love the way he like rolled out of it too. I was just like, yeah, get it, Tully, yeah. He's like country club tennis shape. I love it. I want I want him and Marco in like just a gimmick match for like five. Like that would be this? that would how be a hoot. I would love that. Here we that. go. Here we go. This is what I want so bad. It's it's the uh, uh, I want to call him the Lucha Express, but that's not it. It's the. Uh, Jurassic Express. Stable. Jurassic Express. Thank you. I'm losing my mind. It's a CT. I don't. <laughs> the Jurassic Express versus FTR. And if Jurassic Express wins, or if, no, how about this? If FTR wins, Tully Blanchard gets five minutes with Marco's stunt. Oh, Give man. Me that. Oh, Give man. me that. With a I, belt. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm honestly in for Tully and Stunt having some sort of gimmicky angle thing. I like, I, I, I like this. I, I think it gets over Jurassic Express pretty well. Uh, this, this is a really good mid card feud. Like th- this, yeah. this is good stuff. I had nothing else to really talk about about AEW um, in terms of yeah. things that are pressing for me. Uh, Jericho really needed to prove to himself in the world that he could do a moonsault still. 
Um, oh, somebody somebody got a little bit upset by the criticism. What, oh, <laughs> somebody's a little sensitive out there about criticism from the internet. Yeah, right. No, he never cares about that. The, the internet's full of no. internet marks. Yeah. No, no, he's the demo god. Why would he care about people's thoughts on the internet? Yeah, <laughs> those, those demo god days seem like eons ago. Uh, what, where is <sighs> he's becoming a demo mortal? Um, but uh, no, I. I mean, I, I got nothing to add on that. I, I think okay. the varsity, varsity blondes continue to um, improve, and I, I like them. Um, but I am here for the time in about a year, year and a half, when Pillman Jr. just absolutely super kicks Griff Garrison. I see. I want them to go heel like Hollywood blonde style and really find their oh, stride. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I I think they both should go heel. Uh, I, 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 I'm with I'll, I'll you. I'll take that. I will take I lo- that. I'll take yeah. that journey. Yeah. I'll, I'll I, go I, on that journey. I'm into that. Uh, so, um, other than that, like, man, the Kenny stuff is, 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 there's just too much stuff going on with the Kenny Omega angle. We, we've gushed enough. Let me, let me bury the WWE main roster. Okay. This week, which let me posit this. The Royal rumble for me was really ruined when they decided to make it for main eventing WrestleMania. Cause you can't make a new star necessarily. Then it's always going to be for a title shot. There's only going to be four or five people who could, who could win it. And to me, it just seems like the easiest thing in the world. If you're going to use this stipulation, let's just build up 10 to 20 guys who you think could run this company and be big megastars and seem like a big deal. And then the intrigue in the rumble is which one are you going to pick? But they can't do that. And it's so, so instead we get, we get, we get friends who, who, you know, give like cheap shots to each other because, you know, it's every man for himself in the Royal rumble. We get stupid contrived spots of like, 10 to 12 people in the ring at once. This is just going to be what it's like on Sunday. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's easy to build the Royal Rumble as a big deal if you make everybody seem like they have a chance to win it. And the way they do this is stupid. I'm sorry. Big E to me going into this Royal Rumble, I should be going, I hope this is time for his push. And instead I'm going, He's doing stupid comedy, and it and it's dumb. I'm just gonna go through the quick hits in both shows, and my short little notes here, Chris. And I will give the floor back to you because I am ranting right now. Raw SmackDown notes. These are the notes I have down here. Charlotte is a jerk. That yeah. six woman match was stupid, and it was botched, and they restarted it just to make it suck again. This dopey gauntlet was bad. Alexa Bliss gets RKO'd, so hey, intergender on both shows now. The Sasha Banks skit this week was stupid. (laughs) Daniel Bryan's promo, first half great, second half dumb. This show was a waste of time on Friday. Even the Bianca Belair getting put over... I did that promo at the end was weird. It was so... That's not authentic to Bianca... 
I didn't no. think she did a good job delivering it, but but the reason she didn't do a good job delivering it is it's not authentic at all to who Bianca exactly. Belair has been on my television screen for four years now. And then Bailey can't help but corpse, and you all know I love me some Bailey, but she's corpsing when she should be pissed. I'm just, uh, yeah, everything about this about these two shows this week, blue guts. And I, I hate to use that terminology because occasionally, again, the children are in the car, and I don't want to necessarily do that. So, uh, so uh, they instead, uh, they they stunk. The show stunk. I hated them. I hated them both. Look, any week where Slapjack loses his crap, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I, oh yes, I, we have to go through. Yes, our our our, our Slapjack updates. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first, first of all, this please, is a down- please talk to the Slap Jackalopes. I guess is what you call yeah, them. Yeah, the Jackalopes. Jackalope Nation. Ooh. Um, what's going on, guys? <laughs> you know, if only we could find <laughs> Slapjack on a wrestling show. Uh, that that'd be great. I, I part yeah. of the reason why Jackalope Nation's not bigger is because people can't find Slapjack. Um, but provided that if they could only find him, they'd love him. Uh, I I agree with you on on the women's side here. When it comes to the Royal Rumble, I, I mean, it just feels so small. And, and I've gone back and watched rest or, or old WWF angles from the '90s, and they don't start the Rumble build particularly sooner than now. Um, but I think part of the reason why the rumble feels so small is that they do a four week build on this thing when the seeds for the rumble really should start getting planted at the end of the previous year in December. So you're going to have like the holidays and everything, but you plant those seeds. People go away for the holidays. Maybe they don't watch one of the holiday shows. You come back in January and you're reminded that there were seeds planted back in December because something, a a storyline gets picked up or something. And I think that would make the rumble feel bigger. It would give you more time to address the concerns that you brought up about having lots of people feel like they're viable winners uh, and that there are lots of different people who maybe could win this and even doing using the potential of maybe this person or that person being like Kurt Stallion, for example. I'm just going to use him as, as a guy. Young, up-and-coming guy. We like Kurt Stallion. They're not pushing him like this. I'm aware. But Kurt Stallion maybe goes on a nice little winning streak in December and announces that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and we believe that eh, maybe he's not going to win it. But, like, if Kurt Stallion gets a couple of eliminations, he's hanging in there, and he's, like, in the final, like, five or whatever, that could actually do something for that guy. And we've now gone on a multi-week journey with Kurt Stallion and established this dude. Um, doing everything in four weeks, it's like, okay, we got a little bit of a Daniel Bryan thing. We got a little bit of a Big E thing. Uh, Kevin Owens is doing this angle with Roman Reigns instead of actually being in the Royal Rumble. I think he'd be kind of interesting as a Royal Rumble winner. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I'm like not, I'm not jazzed for this at all. And this used to be one of the things I really liked about WWF's product back in the day. The one intriguing thing to me would be have the last man standing match first and then have Kevin Owens eventually win the Rumble. Oh, that'd be that cool. That would be something. Because, you know, even though they're going back the well again, it's after he got his ass beat so bad that, <laughs> that he could continue, and then he comes into the rumble. That might make, that might redeem this entire thing of just keep on going back to Roman Kevin Owens. It might. I don't think it would, but it might. Yeah, it, it, it might. I I actually think Roman and Kevin Owens is less egregious than the McIntyre-Goldberg angle, which I'm absolutely apathetic towards. 
Which maybe NXT hostile? Would you like to do first? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's. I'm vibing on this NXT UK. Let, let's talk a little NXT UK. Chris, I, I need some organ music. Can you get me some organ music real quick? Yeah, I, I sure can. I sure can. What what like what it what is the spirit of this organ? Um like are we Uh know? like church on a Sunday. Like okay. like a big type of cathedral type thing. All right, Thank you. All right, it? Oh, it's it's on solo. <laughs> That's like an eight bit video game. <sighs> Let us all bow our heads and pray right now. Dear being of your choosing, please bless Trent Seven, a god among men, a man with charisma out the wazoo, a hero to chubby people everywhere like myself, who is going to undertake the greatest sacrifice of all, trying to get under 205 pounds. A man with sexual charisma at the Yazoo to the point where he was having carnal relations in a bathroom in a high arena in Orlando on WrestleMania weekend. A man who can be a hero to the children everywhere showing that yes, you too, if you put your mind to it, can lose an extraordinary amount of weight to fight for a belt that doesn't mean anything. In your deity's name, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I like how he came off as a dick through that promo too. Like, like Dev, if you really get down to it, Devlin comes out. He's like, "I've been doing this. I've been defending the title. I'm not going to try to do his accent or whatever." But um, he's like, I'm, "I've been out here. I've been trying to defend the title. I, I've never had a legitimate title shot against Santos Escobar. Like, they're both heels. It's not entirely clear who's the bad guy here." Uh, and Devlin's actually been out and fighting and you know challenging people and willing to put his title on the line. And rather than letting him get to the end of this, Trent Seven just interrupts him and then comes in and is like, I'm going to cut weight. And if I do that, I'll totally kick your ass. And then punches him in the face and then stands on his belt. It, it was... It that, was well, a- that's just, that's just, that's just lone wolf baby face. <laughs> no, it's alpha male baby. In the hobby... It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. 
And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Face stuff. I know. I, right, yeah, but like, I'm like, why Why are we doing this? It's, I will, you know what, Chris? I will, if I will be upset now. If I do not get training montages, if I do not get diet plans i do not get sauna suits of some kind i'm interested as to what's motivating this angle for seven is he just like getting ready to go and get like a little bit of liposuction or something and wants to work it into the angle uh (laughs) studio notes from Vince. (laughs) yeah no i'm thinking (laughs) remember what happened to cassius ono (laughs) better hit that treadmill tubby (laughs) i but I like Trent Seven. I I I don't <laughs> think his body's an issue. I don't think it's that bad. I I, I don't, don't I don't think it, I don't find him. I just when he said, "How about I get down to two oh five? I just ah, it was the Charlie uh, Murphy. Uh, I know he he said, he said that, and I'm just like, I don't. What the hell are we doing here? Why? <laughs> I'm like, it, I'm hoping it's a bait and switch. Yes. Oh, they, it's a Tyler Bates Tyler switch. Tyler Bates switch. Woohoo! I win the punt game today, baby. Oh, uh, that's an Andrew Rich like joke that I will never live down. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's to reintroduce Tyler Bates some way because I just don't see. Oh, that'd be funny. Like Seven can't get down, and so like he tries his damnedest to get down on the weight and can't get down on the weight, and then just reintroduces Tyler Bates. And then, and then cocky heel goes, ha ha, guess you're going to have to forfeit. But, oh, no, I have a replacement here. It's Tyler yeah. Bate. I guess. I guess that uh, you, although the idea of Svelte. Uh, God, I, was Trent off, Seven? Trent Seven, thank you. It's, it's age, Chris. The, the idea of Svelte Trent Seven 
intrigues me as well. I want to see Body Guy Trent Seven. I mean, yeah, I want to see it, but I come on, it's it's not what he need. It's not the difference between making Trent Seven good or not good. Trent Seven's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's good. Uh, he's I call him British Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I, right. I and I, I I think with his character being a little everyman in the body, yes, I actually think him. works. Yes, I yes. agree. I concur. You know, not everybody has to have two percent body fat for people to love him. You know, and not, just, well, not the everyman baby face. I think it, to that yes. point, why did Dusty Rhodes work? I didn't get this as a kid. I, I used to think it was weird that like you had this like fat guy that everybody loved, and he just came out and kicked butt. But that's why it worked. Like, like yeah, he was not a Dusty Rhodes is the everyman who like the people in his audience related to. He looked and he could speak lot. for the people with his rap, yes. baby. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and, and you don't need to have the body. Actually, yes. having the body is a little alienating. But here's the thing. This has always been WWE's thing since the Hogan era. Oh, no, they have to be larger than life. People are actually living vicariously through these superheroes that they could never be. Having an everyman ruins your product because if it's just, and this was the height thing too, if anybody could do it, then anybody could do it. So so you don't want that. You want that air of mysticism. And I'm like, no. You want somebody that people like who they can root for. That's all you want. And they, they just never get this. They never it, get you this. Know what's fun? I don't know where Vince got this. It, like, like I I'm really would love to understand the psychology of this because it's not – that's not the Bruno's – he that's not the Bruno Uber San Martino method, right? Like yeah. that's not um, that's not the Johnny Saint method. Like you go no. through all these top level baby faces from the seventies and eighties, and like yeah, Bruno was a body guy, sure, but like Bruno also, you know, was very obviously balding too. Like like yeah, there there were like very humanizing qualities about Bruno um, that made people. Well Bruno, s- well, Bruno was his dad's guy, too. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So yeah. so when Vince came in, it's like, no, I don't want these every man, you know, guy who represents Pittsburgh and, you know, Italian people being my my champ. I want Hulk Hogan. I you want know? these that people was... from nowhere. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think you're absolutely I think you're really honestly here. So what Vince's characters are really reacting to is regionality. Um and I guess this kind of gets back to the India thing and like why NXT India might have some issues. Um, Vince never really learned how to book for regional territories. If anything, what he was doing with Hulk Hogan is like, I want a guy where it doesn't matter if you're from Missoula, Montana or uh, Biloxi, Mississippi or Jacksonville, Florida, you see Hulk Hogan and you love him. Um, And that's interesting. And that sort of worked with Hulk Hogan, but there is something to be said about the magic of Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen having horseman country in Atlanta. There's something to be said for the Hennings being the the heroes of Minnesota. And Kurt Henning, yes, he was great as Mr. Perfect, but like he would have been pretty successful as babyface Kurt Henning as well because of the regionality component of this. Yeah, um, John it, Tolos in Los Angeles, the Von Erics in Texas. You know, you know, it's a, it's a tale as old as time, and they can never get it right in WWE. 
then why was ECW able to compete for a while? Because they were regional. They were able to actually compete with them to a certain extent nationally because they were like, we're a Pittsburgh product. Or we're Philadelphia product. Philly, yeah. And it was a Philly product through and through. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. uh, And uh, the only other note I had was, uh, let's ban Tower of Doom spots in large tag team wrestling type of yeah, oh I, man i, I will I say so this i hated i hated the main event with this multi-man like the rules of this thing were stupid um i will say this like i feel bad because i don't want this to sound like i'm hating fully on the referee the referee talks loud enough that i notice him um mm-hmm. and and the, the thing empty is arena kills him the empty yeah. arena kills him too um, he's actually good at his job. I um, mean, I think that he does a nice job talking loud and it allows him to talk quietly at, at everyone. He actually does a good job not getting caught on microphone, unlike others, um, when he's when he's talking soft. But uh, I, like some of the things that the referees are asked to like do in the motions they're asked to go through in the ring really need to be revisited in terms of rituals. Like it's stupid that the referees are like, Hey, get off the top rope. Hey, don't be on the top rope. You gotta be off hey, the top rope. What are you doing? What are you Listen doing? Listen to me. What are Listen you doing? to me. Get, get, come on. Hey, what? Yeah, no, that, that drives me crazy. He's having his moment. Yeah, no, I, I know he's, he's, he's being part of the scene here. Um, I, I'm trying to see if there's anything else the, that really kind of stuck out to me. Um, I kind of liked Gallus watching that match, though, with, like, popcorn and sodas. I think Gallus is fun. I like Joe Coffey is doing a very interesting characterization thing right now where he's, like, not a babyface and he's not really a heel. Like, they're tweeners, but in a way that makes sense. And The setup the setup of that uh, of the match with, who is it? Uh, Rampage. Brown. A rampage, yeah, rampage. Was <laughs> it because it wasn't quite heel or babyface? It's just, hey, wanted to have a match with you. Okay, I'm going out with the guys later. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. But it, it, it definitely was like, we'll see about that. Like he's kind of yanking him, but they're gonna do it. Uh, like yeah. it was like my, was my takeaway, and I think that was like the takeaway that Rampage would have gotten from that too. Um, I'm kind of interested. I think Shay Samuels and Gnome Dar have uh, or Shaw Samuels and Gnome Dar have a real possibility of being um a lot of fun as trash talking heels. Kinda of looking forward to that. And uh Gradwell, I don't know what they're doing with Gradwell. I, I'm I get so confused by him. Cause it's like they they kind of a building him up it would seem as like a, a kind of a substantial entity and then like you know he eats losses to Ben Carter. Well, Ben Carter's going to be huge. I so he should. Uh, but he's not huge right now. Right. Is my but, but point. They have he's to build he, him. And yeah. This is probably a guy he should have beat 3 or 4 months down the road in terms of Bradwell because there are other guys you can put in the ring with Ben Carter to have a big win. Uh, well, my point and, with Gradwell, too, is now Gradwell's being transitioned on to Ilya Dragunov, right? Like, we just yeah. had the... Yeah, you know. Um, and so, I think if we're going to have, you know, him call out Ilya Dragunov for 50, loose 50, cannon... 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. It, 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 sh- it should be hot on the heels, though, of him winning, is what I'm saying. Like, Gradwell should have yeah. beaten Carter here. Because Car- I'm with you. Carter, long-term, is bigger than Gradwell, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, but... 
in this scenario, Gravel needs to beat Carter because Carter's not, he's not that right now. Um, and then go on to this match with Ilya Dragunov where Ilya Dragunov dismantles him. But we need to think that Gravel is a threat. And right now, I don't think Gravel is a threat at all. We need to get rid of Mohawks in wrestling. I've come to this conclusion because they make you look smaller than you are. Like it did with uh, 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 Psycho Sheamus? Killer in NXT. No, oh, no, no, uh, the, Tommaso uh, Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa made him look tiny when he was in the ring there. Uh, Gladwell, or Gradwell. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell is a great wrestler, a great promo. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gradwell. He spent 10,000 hours working on that stuff. He should be. <laughs> I just, I just, the Mohawk doesn't fit the character. You know, it, it doesn't fit. There's nothing punk rock about Gradwell, right? Now. He's no. a guy with a Mohawk. It's so, weird to call him the Thunderstorm, too. It's actually not a bad handle, but like, it just doesn't fit what he's doing. I, I don't dislike the thunderstorm thing though. Something about it's evocative, but I but it's well, not after working. The, after the loss. He's a, he's the partly cloudy with a chance of rain. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and then we have pretty deadly. They get the win. I like I'm the cool Eddie Dennis stuff, and, and mm-hmm. it, it's a neat wraparound of like maybe Eddie Dennis is he's just gonna hop from team to team here. Yes, yeah. He's playing both sides against the middle in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Pretty deadly is fine if you're pretty deadly is fine either way. If they're gonna win the titles and then move on and turn baby against the hunt, I'm good with that. If Gallus just kills them and murder deaths them, I'm fine with that too. Either way here, they're fine. And then it continues the Eddie Dennis versus Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster feud too. So yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I think I think Deadly might win the titles. I, I think that I I think there's a pretty decent non-zero. And then send Gallus over, send Gallus over to real NXT. Then I'm good yeah. with that too. No, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm into that. Let, let him have a little time there. Uh, I'll go through my NXT notes here and just kind of ramble them off, and then we can discuss anything further that you you'd like to do in them. Uh, I liked the MSK Maverick and Dane sprint of a tag team match. I especially love that one spot where Drake Maverick kicked the hand of the guy trying to get the tag. Those little things I dig. I liked the women's tag match in there. I'm here for the three way in the women's division for the title because Storm and Martinez and EO are all friggin' fantastic. I am down with that. I like the Tegan Knox Brie Larson cross cross promotion thing. I thought that's the proper way to do such things as opposed to beating you over the head. It's a cool opportunity for Tegan Knox too, to be on Brie Larson's channel. Zach Gibson is the best promo. Love that dude. Cause he always brings it every single promo. Love the Imperium promo. Make some born again, hardcore and the specter of Walter wasn't, wasn't always hitting you in the face, but you knew he was there occasionally and you know, he's coming eventually. Uh, I've turned on Dexter Loomis. I like him now. He makes me laugh every time with just how stupid the situations they put him in. Especially that moment with Austin Theory where he's just staring at him. That made me laugh. I, I've turned on the guy. I like him. I like him as a presence. I don't want him to be the top guy, but he's fine for what he is. as just a avenging angel type of character, I think. And, uh, and finally, just one thing. Uh, I will now watch NXT, I think, with the sound off. Because I enjoy it much more. I hate this commentary right now. I hate what they've done to 
You should, <laughs> do, you should do my citizen. old trick. You should do my Stupid old trick Bennett. for Lucha Underground, which is put on Black Sabbath's Masters of Reality. And uh, that usually, well, that, you might need something a little bit longer for NXT. Uh, you might need like Masters of Reality and then maybe some other Black Sabbath album. Oh, you I've also definitely do it with Black mind. Sabbath. I've changed my mind on your theory. I think your theory is still somewhat correct, but I'm going to morph it a little bit. I think O'Reilly and Finn win the tag team titles, and then the Undisputed Era wins the Dusty Tournament for the shot at the tag team titles. And then someone's getting a Dusty beatdown. Or someone's get, yeah, someone's getting a Horseman beatdown. I don't know yet who, but somebody's getting a Horseman beatdown. Okay, that's interesting. I d- no, I, I definitely have the Grizzled Young Veterans going to the finals. In my head, I almost had them winning this Dusty Classic. But maybe, indeed, it will be the Undisputed Era. I do think that this there's going to be a collision here, though, between uh, the Undisputed Era, O'Reilly, and Finn Balor at some point. But I like the Undisputed Era's Finn Balor partnership. I would not find if too. Finn Balor became a part and became the new leader. And maybe Adam Cole kind of resents it eventually, but when Fish comes back, he goes, hey, I want my spot back, and they beat Bobby Fish down. I'm good with that, too. I don't care, but I like their partnership. I like the toughness. I'm missing Pat McAfee. I want some Pat Mac here. Uh, or someone who can Yeah, Lorcan and, and Birch, the, the one problem for them in this gimmick with McAfee is that their roles are really ill-defined, and, and it's They're hard dudes. for them. No, it's hard for them to exist as characters on their own because they basically yeah. only exist as goons. They're the red shirts of yes. the group. They're there to the, fight for the red you know. shirt champions of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because just putting the titles on them don't don't make them more interesting characters. But McAfee made them interesting. The whole reason for them joining this little crew was interesting because Pat McAfee said first they rejected my money, then they wanted my money. That makes them interesting. But now they're not. So, uh, anything in NXT you want to talk about? No, I, I think that the, the illustration, though, I'm, I'm Birch and Lorcan about like the loss of characterization and how you, you put the belt on, they're less interesting. It analogizes in certain ways, kind of to Kenny Omega and putting the belt on him over on AEW, where it's like it's not that the wrestler isn't worthy of the title, but if you don't have the characterization there and it's it's not fully clicking. Um, it doesn't matter that you put the belt on them. You're actually just title's kind of... not going to make the character. You have to have yeah. the character first and then put the title on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am here for that women's three way though. <laughs> I, I did not, for some reason. And I wrote you this, I go, my God, Tony storm looks like a giant next to EO. What? what yeah. How did that yeah. happen? Was that just a camera trick? I her the interaction with her and Mercedes Martinez is really interesting. I, I'm well because I'm, even Mercedes wasn't as as looked as giant next to EO as Tony Storm did. That was so weird to me. Yeah, no, and Mercedes it, ain't it, short. Yeah, it, it's I'm into it. I I they have a really good women's division. Uh, I I I think that they've got a lot of talented people in there. Yeah, seek out the rise match between Martinez and Tony Storm. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's just fantastic. So that's going to be great. Okay. Well, uh, if you have no further thoughts, we will go into our. Uh, I do. I have, I have one oh, more. I have one more. Sorry. Thought. Go ahead. Ever Please. rise rules. Yes. Ever rise. Ever rise rules. 
Matt Martell is my spirit animal. I love that dude. I just... The false bravado is what makes it. And look, I know we're building. The, you know, I loves me some Malcolm Bivens, follower of the Jeff. And I, I loves the dude. The Tyler Rust promos. With the puns. The diamond in the rust thing. Please give Bivens ever rise. Please, please, please have these two. Phenomenally comedic acts joined together in a super blind faith like super group to just make magic every week. That's all I want, WWE, please. It was weird to see Rust modulate so quickly to being a heel this week. Yeah. You like that you like that kind of gradual. I like the know, transition hey, thing. I, I that's it's I a, think it's that's a new fun. it's a new ooh, it's a new skin. Oh, I don't remember. You know, I have to forget all the things I used to do as a good guy. Oh, I can break rules now. And then once you start to learn how to break rules, you break more rules. And then you learn, oh, now I'm enjoying myself breaking these rules and being a bad guy. And now I'm starting to enjoy being evil. And you like, I like it the other way too. Um, you know, the heel who turns baby face, but is fighting against his inner nature to be a heel. You know, the guy, oh, Here's the part where I'd normally put on brass knuckles, but I'm not going to do that right now because that would be wrong. And I'm I'm trying to fight with honor now. I, I, I the like best those. version of that is Hollywood John Tatum uh, doing a Tatum squash, was good. doing a squash match against some like no namer where he is trying to be a baby face and he still squashes the guy. Yeah, the version I liked a lot was uh, one of Eddie Gilbert's short NWA runs when they were going in the U.S. title tournament. A team with Ron Simmons. And they eventually lose the finals because he couldn't, he, he, uh, he, he wanted to be a heel and he didn't, and then he lost admirably. But in the couple of first couple tournament matches, there, there were those moments where you could see where the old Eddie Gilbert's going to come back. It's like, nope, I promised, promised my partner, Ron Simmons, I was going to do this on the up and up. And yeah, it's those, those are the types of interesting character stories that we like to see in professional wrestling. Cause, cause you know they, you can do that in normal media, but it's cool to see it in you know your favorite media. So, cool, cool, cool. I will bring up the Royal Rumble card here real quick. Uh, say something interesting. Um, you know, I'm I'm always doing interesting stuff over at <laughs> Don't Worry About the Government, which you can find. Oh, that's not the time for plugs. Let's let's get into it. okay. okay. <laughs> Uh, six matches on the card right now, subject to change. We are doing this preview without the knowledge of what's going to happen on backstage tomorrow. Here's another piece of news that's interesting. They're doing a rehearsal for the Rumble in Orlando, doing the Rumble in Tampa, and a lot of people have already gone to Tampa, so you have to commute between the two. Just WWE going to WWE. But on this backstage show, they're going to have Natty versus uh, Tamina for the right to be number 30 in the Rumble. Women's Rumble. It's going to be Natty. And they're going to announce who will be one and two in the Men's Rumble. So we're doing this without that prior knowledge. Starting off with the singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks versus Car Carmella. Assuming the Somalier with the horrible French accent 
Reginald will be there. Don't ask people to do accents if they can't do them, people. No. Who do you like no. here? I, I think that Sasha wins. I just I don't see I don't see Reginald and Carmella going over here. I would agree. I just I think this is the easiest thing to predict on the show. I just yeah. hope Carmella has another decent match. That's for the tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. The champions Oscar and Charlotte Flair, and her lousy babyface character, which is the same as her lousy heel character, take on. <laughs> Two more lousy characters, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Poor Shayna gets knocked a little loopy, ends up getting counted out, which ruins the match. Then they have to restart. They can some reason do that. And she, she gets DQ'd like a geek. Because, again, it fits into her weird gimmick of not understanding the rules of, pro- of professional wrestling. Nia Jax almost possibly killing Dana Brooke Man, on Monday. She is look how many times have we been here she's not good at wrestling she 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 on doesn't the, on the, that's just what's some upper body strength just work on that she, that's oh. never gonna happen jeff you've wanted that for years it's never gonna happen she just doesn't don't put in the time and she doesn't care about taking care of the other people that she's working with in the ring and so she potatoes them or asks them to leave their feet and trust her nia Jax, to take care of them on the way down and then she fails them uh, like no, yeah. she's she's a real bad actor, right? Charlotte Flair in this lousy angle with Lacey Evans and Ric Flair, oh, and just not coming off as a babyface. Nobody wants to see those two feud. Nobody really wants to see Ric Flair at this point. And no one wants to really imagine Ric Flair. Flair and Lacey Evans together. Like even as a heel thing, like it's it's like weird. It's like it's, it's like weird. It's, it's weird. It's sad. To watch Ric Flair right now, I just, and this is not the Ric Flair I want. The Ric Flair I want is the guy whose gimmick is protected, not the guy who, I just want to go out and entertain the fans every week. No, no, I want you to be special. And then Asuka. Having oh, my God. For a God. Look scared and be, and, ay, 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 What ay. happened on Monday was awful. Just, just like, beyond horrid, the, the whole <laughs> stuff with, uh, then Alexa Bliss comes back and she starts crying and she's scared. But is that manipulative? Like, like I don't care about whatever thrall the the fiend has on Alexa Bliss or what. I I don't care anymore. I I want them all to disappear. Okay, so do the champions retain or do they lose, Chris? Champions retain. I'm gonna go the opposite way because I think there is a chance that Charlotte wins the Royal Rumble. Okay. And challenges is Asuka. So I think Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler get these titles Wait, back. but didn't Asuka lose the title on Monday? Uh, this thought, is for the tag team titles. Oh, I no, thought, the, the regular title? No. Yeah. No, because Randy Orton came in and RKO'd Alexa Bliss. Oh, oh Alexa Bliss. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like Alexa so, Bliss is going to win the title eventually. I think so, too. I, and we'll see if that's Rumble or something else, but... Uh, that could be you no. Know, you could be correct on that too. I'm I'm fine either way with this. I like Oscar a lot. I wish these tag tiles were taken a little bit more care of. So if Nia and Shayna can do that with this terrible always arguing gimmick that they do, and then lose to Casey Catanzaro, <laughs> Kate Carter, I'm fine with that too. Please just do something with these titles that's interesting. 
Uh, for, for a singles match for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre taking on Bill Goldberg. What? Okay. I think Bill Goldberg gets a spear. He gets a tease of the title. He probably gasses out because it goes a little bit too long and gets claim kicked. What do you think? I think, okay. I think there's some sort of weird stoppage thing in the middle of this where it's like like a false finish thing. Did like did Goldberg win the title? Did he not win the title? Like, like almost a dusty finish, but not really. Um, and I think McIntyre ultimately retains, but I, I think that this, it's more than just spear and, and near, spear and near fall. It's like... I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind, but continue, please. Okay. It, it, it's going to be some weird, ornate skit thing. I think Miz is cashing in. And I okay. think you're exactly right. I think there's some controversy where maybe Goldberg might have won. Maybe he didn't. Drew's upset. Miz leaves as champion. Has to defend the title in the elimination chamber. And this is where Drew and Goldberg are both entered as well, because we're get I think we're getting Goldberg in the elimination chamber too. And then they'll switch the title back probably to Drew. It's gonna be funny when Goldberg breaks a rib in the elimination chamber. Yeah, I just I, I liked that last run with Brock. And I wish he had left after that because I would. Man, that was a such a higher. good run. That those yes. Brock matches were fun in a way that some of the other Brock matches were not fun. The last man standing match for the WWE Universal Title: the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the reigning, defending Universal Champion, taking on Cool Hand Luke. Kevin Owens wearing the phenomenal Ever Rise t-shirt. Ever Rise doesn't need to rule. Chris, what is... <laughs> are they, they're doing this in Tampa. Are they doing this in the stadium? Are they doing this in Raymond James? Or are they doing it somewhere else? Can't remember. What is Kevin Owens going to fall off of in order to get the tent count? <laughs> I think... Okay. I think he's not gonna get. He's not gonna fall off something. I think it's gonna be like a Roman Reigns buries him in a way that he can't get up from it. Like so, it's like tragic, and he's like screaming at Roman. Like we see his face, but he can't get his body off of the ground. Kind of like like duct tape, like the like the Dave Batista thing. Yeah, or maybe more like the Rock and Mankind uh, okay. that that finish uh, in the empty arena match, but something like that. But Kevin Owens is not winning this, correct? He should, but he's not. I agree. I'd, I'd love to see him with the as well, especially after while. the promo that he gave here when Roman was like, I, you know, your father and your grandfathers look at me as the tribal chief. Like, once someone says that, like, yeah, you should, you should be getting that. Uh, we didn't get conspiratorial Roman though. I, I did like the uh, looking like a community theater mafia guy. I thought that was cool. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, line. yeah, that was a good line. But, but I'm happy we did not get the Roman. If your family thinks I'm the head of the table, then your children think I'm the head of the table. Then your wife thinks I'm the head of the table. Yeah, I uh, I, I think I'm going to enjoy this match a lot more than I'm, I'm sounding right now uh, because Kevin Owens is great. And I think Roman Reigns brings it big time, so I'm, I'm good with that. Moving on to our two Royal Rumble matches, the Women's Royal Rumble match, 30 women <laughs> for a chance at the Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 37. 
I am going to be sticking with my pick, and especially after tonight, because usually the person who's been looking the weakest gets made if they are a big-time star. I think Bailey wins the Royal Rumble. I could other people I could see winning it. I could see them giving it to Alexa Bliss for the storyline. I could see them having Bliss and the Fiend win the Royal Rumbles, and then that becomes the story of them challenging. Uh, I thought maybe Bianca might be if she had lost tonight, maybe because that Sasha is a hell of a match. But I think Vince goes with reliable people here in the post quote unquote coming out of COVID era for WrestleMania because there are going to be people in the stands and he's going to want people he can count on and he hasn't been able to count on anybody nearly as much as Bailey during this entire period where she comes every week even when her stepfather passes away I think this is her reward I think all the horse women are eventually going to win rumbles anyways this is Bailey's year uh, who else got I can see Rhea Ripley coming back and uh, or debuting here quote unquote and winning but I think she's going to get I think she's going to be the, the cane here. I think she's going to eliminate a lot of people, but she's not going to win. Surprises. Eva Marie, I think, is showing up. I have a lot of people telling me or thinking that maybe Lana wins the Rumble to continue that story from Survivor Series. And if they do that, I will, I will laugh because it is such a dumb, dumb, dumb move unless your whole plan is to take that shot away from her at elimination. Yeah, I was going to say that they'd do that and take the shot away from her. I think a lot of NXT people are going to get some time, and they're going to be red shirts in this, as usual. But, Chris, give me your thoughts on the Women's Royal Rumble, and I will shut up. I apologize. So, Women's Royal Rumble, I like the Bailey take. Uh, I think it's an interesting one. I could definitely see her as the winner, and she has indeed been a workhorse for Vince during this period when he doesn't have necessarily people he relies on. However, you brought up Alexa Bliss, and that is my pick, and I, I just want to flesh this out a little bit more here. Somebody Please. likes this fiend crap. It ain't me. It ain't Jeff. Uh, it's not necessarily the fans. I think Vince is the person who likes this fiend crap. And he is generally on board with this. This scratches his we're making movies itch or whatever it is uh, about this. And he wants to take this Alexa Bliss thing further. I think, I mean, to kind of further evidence this, he put that in the main event of Raw this week. You could go, well, it wouldn't work anywhere else. It didn't, wouldn't work anywhere. It doesn't work. He put it in the main event. I, yeah. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I thought, all I got. I thought you were continuing there. Okay. No, I, I could go yeah. on, but I was like, yeah, you know, I honestly made my point. Uh, it, I, I just, I don't, I just can't imagine not going all the way with this Alexa Bliss thing. It, it, as dumb as the act is, they, they love it. They, they love this fiend stuff. I will make a caveat on my bet. If Alexa Bliss does win this rumble, or if Rhea Ripley is on the Raw brand and she wins this rumble then Daniel Bryan will win the Men's Royal Rumble, which is where we are going next. 30-man Royal Rumble match for the World Championship match at WrestleMania 37. I think there are some interesting picks here. I think a lot of the more interesting picks are off the board. I don't. I loved the Edge promo, don't get me wrong, but I think he and Orton are set to dance at WrestleMania. I don't think that will be for a title, necessarily. I think they're going to get off this Fiend feud eventually and then go on to 
rematch with Edge. Uh, I had Daniel Bryan on my board up until that promo where he was stumbling a bit today. And then kind of the cheeky stuff later where I was training with Gable. I think Gable eliminates Daniel Bryan. And I think as this is his self-professed last run where he's going to be having few matches this year and thinks that this might be his last year, the Daniel Bryan vanity promotion will continue and he'll get to wrestle who he wants. And I think he wants to have a great match at WrestleMania and I think he wants to have it with Chad Gable. So I'm going to go with that as a prop bet, so to speak. I think there's a chance Brock Lesnar comes in here and wins this to rematch with Drew. But tonight threw a wrench in my original pick, and I'm going to have to kind of flesh this out, although they got off of it real quick. Because they decided to, to mix the rosters tonight, which I wasn't expecting and shouldn't be happening, and what is it? The quarterly... Smackdown. Raw, uh, that, they they came up with that that name almost as a damn troll. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, you have the one time a year where people on different rosters face each other until six weeks later when you're doing the rump. I thought Sheamus was going to be the pick because I thought they had put the story on the back burner. That the you know, hey, we were mates when we were young. They were doing a lot of those video promos. I thought that, okay, we'll have the Goldberg as a one-off here at the Rumble, and then we'll bring in Sheamus. But I think Sheamus is probably going to be part of that. Uh, probably going to be part of that elimination chamber, too, along with Drew and Goldberg and Miz and whoever they want. Uh, he had such a strong coming in and got the pin visual pinfall, but got beat up after. And the visual pinfall gives me pause because people that they have win the rumble don't look strong going into the rumble. Usually. And when he got hit, the crap kicked out of him by Miz and Morrison, I thought, okay, there you go. It's going to be Sheamus and they're going to go with it. Sheamus is a Vince guy. Sheamus is a Hunter guy. I'm going to stick with Sheamus. I think, I think it's going to be Sheamus and Bailey winning the two respective rumbles. Chris, the floor is yours. I don't. Hmm. Hmm. I don't like picking Sheamus, but they've been putting so much energy into like making him a slight baby face. And like they they advanced the storyline enough with Drew McIntyre then they actually pulled it back. Like this is the only storyline that has any sort of multi-week depth to it at all. And with Sheamus they they've actually kind of pulled it back. I I think you're right. I think he wins the Royal Rumble. Um, I, I kind of agree with you. Like I thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan. I guess I'm still open to Daniel Bryan, but then you go Daniel Bryan versus Drew McIntyre. Does that make sense? Um, probably not. It's It's, it's got to be a heel, and, and it's got to have some sort of, you know, kind of juiciness to the angle, and the, the juicy angle right now is Sheamus. Oh, hold on. Let me, inter- let me interrupt okay. you real quick because I'll give you a way out here. It doesn't have to be a heel if they're facing Roman Reigns. Oh, that's and so right. it could be, it could be Daniel Bryan and then the Roman. Whip, but they but they like having one sign pointer on each brand, so it would have to be the women's Rumble would have to come from Raw, probably, and then they'll put the men's uh, Rumble winner on SmackDown. Who, who it could are, be Daniel Bryan. Uh, and who are the women on Raw? I guess so. Then it'd be like Alexa Bliss and Daniel Bryan. Um, that could Matt. be it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, I think that that's a viable alternative. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. When he gets the I don't know how many WrestleManias I have left promo, 
it does kind of make you think like maybe this is like his Christian style uh, one last match sort of run. I will put this to you. I think Vince likes Daniel Bryan. He just doesn't see him as a star still. So I don't see him headlining Mania. I think it's going to be. I think well, instead he's going to getting have a title shot does not mean you're headlining Mania. Well, they say you. Are. Well, they say that for like three different matches every year. I uh, yes, and we yeah, and we had the Nakamura versus AJ bait switch with the kick to the crotch after putting it as a dream match after the Philly Rumble. The problem is, I think I think I think Daniel Bryan's gift is going to be his choice of opponent rather than being in the main event slot. Quote so, but I'm here. For, I'm here for Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Because they'll finally be booing Roman Reigns when nobody wants when, when nobody wants him to win. And then they can squash Daniel Bryan like a bug in front of the crowd and get Roman quote unquote heat. It's perfect for him now. So so I think that's a solid pick to have Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm coming from on this. Uh, you know. I can't who's say I'm the su- biggest geek in this rumble. Who's going to be who's going to be the biggest geek in this rumble? And I think I know who's going to be. And you're going to hate it. Oh, 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 it, yeah, I know it'll totally be it'll be my boy. It'll it'll definitely be retribution. But I, I oh, bet no, yeah, it's going to be retribution, but I think it's going to be Ali. Oh, you think it's going to be Ali specifically? I'm yeah. fine with I'm fine with it. he the the pretender to the throne, Ali. Yeah, no, I'm fine with him finally getting chopped down a peg. I think Braun's throwing all of Retribution at Oh, yeah, no, I think <laughs> they're all getting geeked. Give me a surprise in this men's role. Surpri- Not to win, but just to appear. Yeah, a surprise appearance. Um, I mean, we know Edge is coming back. I'll say Christian shows up. Uh, mine's not going to be as an, exci- mine's not an exciting surprise, but I think it's going to be a surprise. I think Lars Sullivan comes back. Okay. Okay. I do. I think they put him in this. They may eliminate him very early, but I don't know. Let me think of a surprise I'd want to see. I, I mean, you know, bringing back Lars, uh, uh, just, it's, they never really had a good slot for him. And they they haven't really had a good gimmick, so I, I just I don't I mean bring him back if you want, sure, but like have something for him to do, I guess. Yeah, I can't think of one that would because they brought back so many guys before that I don't care who they brought back. Uh, give me an NXT guy you think is gonna come into this rumble. Um, I'd love to see Walter in the rumble. Oh, I would too. Yeah, That'd be so great. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. I don't think he is though because of the international travel. Sure, right? Yeah, especially with the UK right now. The UK and US are like the two hardest countries to do transit from right now. Or two. I the... would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if Pete Dunn is in the Rumble. Pete Dunn, I also sure. Would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if Finn Balor is in the Rumble. Maybe all the undisputed Air Boys show up in the in the Rumble. Maybe that's like kind of their call up. Uh, well, maybe Adam Cole. Mm, okay. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who's big in an NXT? That maybe they, you know what? They might debut Damian Priest here. Damian Priest would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I could I could see that. Maybe maybe they give Karrion Cross a bit of a rub in the Rumble, have him eliminate like five guys and then get thrown out by someone you know, like Braun if, if you're or not Drew. if you're not gonna make him champion again on NXT, and I can kind of hear it either way on that. Um, or I and I get you know they sort of alluded to him having an encounter with uh, Santos Escobar, but like, I, I mean, I also kind of think that's a bit of a dead end as well. I, I think they 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 would be wise to call him up to the uh, main roster. Yeah, you can do that whole fallen prey gimmick and yeah, you know, look good for all the smoke and stuff. Yeah, so uh, you know it's usually an enjoyable rumble. I don't know if I'm gonna watch this one live. I gotta be honest with you. I, I just there's. I want to hear about it, I think, this time. But who knows? Uh, you going to watch live? Uh, it'll, it'll be on. I think but then I'll, It'll be on, and then I'll get bored, and then I'll go back and watch the rest of it later. This okay. is, uh, yeah. I, 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 this I, is I'm, I'm being dead honest with you. That, that is how I watch wrestling often. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to have the energy to watch this entire show. Like, four or five. But I'm not doing a pre-show, or a show so i don't have to but uh anyways that's gonna do it for us kids you can follow me at crap game 13 you can follow the show at shake them ropes you can follow chris at dwatg we also have a patreon patreon.com slash shake them ropes kind of dormant we didn't get any suggestions or anything maybe chris and i'll talk stocks on there and and bring you over to try and teach you all the ways of shorting and things like that because this is what we talked about for a long time Show, yeah, uh, Hawkins and I are we're we're into stocks. We like stocks. It's basically a tip jar for us because you know for editing and the troubles. It's a buck a month if you want to listen to our audio shows that we formerly recorded over there. Uh, Yeah, and and please listen to everything about Voices of Wrestling. Flagship uh, WrestleNomics is going to be phenomenal this week, probably. Uh, Everything Elite. Uh, If you like your wrestling more niche, we have Open the Voice Gate. And, of course, things like Music of the Bat with our buddy Andrew Rich over there and Joe Gagne's phenomenal five-star match game. If you like wrestling trivia, I can't remember even names of people who are wrestling right now, so I can't do wrestling trivia. But uh, Chris also has his own side vanity projects uh, called Don't Worry About Government. Uh, vanity the, the, vanity, the vanity project is the music. It's the music oh, that's, it? that's, okay. that's for nobody for nobody that no one wants to hear ever and no one will buy. Um, don't worry about the government enjoys some listenership and you can find that over at don't worry. TV. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not entirely a navel gazing project. Uh, that we have fans. I swear. I, I, I know, I know they exist. You probably have uh, more fans in my show at this point. So it doesn't matter. Um, and you can find that don't worry. TV on iTunes, on Stitcher and at patreon.com slash DWATG. But please give us some suggestions for the, uh, don't, or for, uh, the, shake them ropes patreon so that like you know we can do it like we do want people to sub up but like we want to also have additional content there so if there's a thing that you'd like us to get down on let us know um and we will do it and bobo the wonder monkey says bye nokia Mm. hold